You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to the Anarchaeologist Podcast, the weird and wonderful musings of your host, Tristan Boyle. That's me. Now, I don't expect to hear about the latest treasure or the things the Romans did for us, but instead, directly from passionate people, we research the past. Welcome, I'm your host Tristan, aka The Anarchaeologist. Now today's show is going to be testing out a new format over the next couple of weeks and uh, the first show in the series will give you an idea of where I'm kind of going with this. As you may have noticed, my release schedule, uh, it's not been the best. I am a little busy at the moment and these days it's difficult to sit down and have a chance to just chat with people. Um, I've had to kind of move things around and it's been quite difficult. But instead, what I want to kind of do is uh, bring a few little segments to it, kind of expand my ability to write and hopefully your enjoyment of the podcast. You know, with the Anarchaeologist podcast, I've always wanted to be a little bit political. And I don't mean political as in a kind of... Mm, let's say, uh, you know, fighting for a silly reason. Uh, you know, I think there's a colloquial use of the term political, which is always negative. But I think what I want to do is basically say that, you know, daily life is political. If if you have an opinion of how things should be done or how things should be run, then you do have a political opinion. And that, when it comes to the past, is often not talked about. I think a lot of people think that, you know, the past is a luxury. And I really, really want to dissuade people from that opinion. So what I hope to do is sum up a few thoughts and put a few things together and hopefully um, we can get something nice out of it. You know, I kind of felt that some of my previous monologues were a bit aimless and a bit forced. So this time what I'm doing is I'm splitting up the show into little segments so that you can better enjoy it and I can take more time writing each segment. Now I want to hear from you and I mean yes you. Yeah yeah you sitting on the bus. Oh it's a train right okay fine well you're sitting on the train and the person opposite you is just I don't know they look a bit weird don't they? If there's no one opposite you then hey this joke didn't work. (laughs) But if you do have an opinion, which I'm sure you definitely do, and you want to have an opinion about my show, please, please, please email me. Um, Email me, Tristan at at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com or um, follow me on Twitter. Tweet me. I'm pretty sure I've got open DMs at the moment. So at anarchaeologist on Twitter. And I try and respond pretty quickly. Um, Now... The first segment I have for this show is called the 5YR Leader. And if you're a fan of Munsell charts, you might recognize what that might be. So the 5YR Leader is a fictional character, not based on 
anything at all. It's just a fictional character. That's all he is. If you're into soil, please tell me what you think of 5YR. And maybe if you have a little bit of time, look it up on a Monsulch color chart. <laughs> Here's the 5YR leader's uh, first official um, meeting. Uh, he's giving a speech here in a great hall. Haddard. What has Hatter ever done for archaeology? Nothing. Overrated. People tell me all the time kids are reading his books. And it's terrible. You can't know people's thoughts in the past. Ridiculous. Now, for my presentation, can I have a nice question? Yes, from the back. I'm going to have to stop you there. That's not a good question. It's not a nice question. Your fake news, your fake reviews. I am the least most professional, processual, pros I am the least Ian Hodder person ever. Big Lee. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> thank you very much to my uh, assistants for pulling that together off the uh, live feed from... Uh, yeah, the great orange menace, the great orange menace to archaeology, the five YR leader. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of problems in the world, and I'm sure we will hear more from the Munzel Madness section that I'll have later prepared in other shows. In the meantime, I do want to talk about what it means to be involved and try and enact change in the world. It's difficult for anybody to try and do anything, and... I know it might be a bit hypocritical of myself to, without actually doing anything worthwhile, be telling, talking about doing things. I mean, there are great people in the world, people who've done amazing things, people who have really gone out there and they have blown the doors off everything that we've considered before. And I'm not really talking about those people. I'm not talking about the pioneers. I'm not talking about the people who made these great changes. I'm talking about all the other people that were there at the same time. I'm talking about the people who day to day did different things. And not just to make themselves feel better, but because they were principled in doing that. And the thing is, you know, archaeology is one of these places in which a lot of people think it's just a luxury. It's just a pastime. It's just a thing that you do if you're really into that kind of thing. And Actually, you know, archaeology doesn't have to be that specific. It doesn't have to be that kind of narrow and pointed. In, in fact, archaeology provides a much, much broader and, like, a much more broader and thought-out idea. It's, it's something that everybody can feel some connection to. And that's why it's so important that we as archaeologists and we as those interested in the past really do embrace the chances that we get to do something. I mean, I don't just do this podcast to hear the sound of my own voice. And you may have noticed that I haven't been doing that many episode releases recently, and that's, that's partially my fault. But at the same time, it's difficult for me sometimes to really have something that's worthwhile to talk about. And I think this is something to talk about. Um, I think it's it's important in many ways to never ever think that you cannot do anything, that you don't know enough. Because ultimately, you can learn. Anybody can learn. You know, I think the difference between me and five, me five years ago was because I thought there were things that were out of, 
out of my reach. They were out of my goal. And I realized that now there's never been anything out of my reach. I just had to make sure I learned skills for that. And sure, we're in a world where who you know matters sometimes more than what you know. And sometimes even the place that you live in matters so much. But at the same time, we can achieve great things. We can do great things if we put our minds to it. And the thing is that you'll get a lot of people who say, well, if you want to enact change, just get involved in government. You know, oh, well, why don't you actually, you know, get into a position where you can change things? Stop, you know, just going out in the streets or do, writing things that are counterculture. You know, why, why don't you actually do something? What does that actually even mean? You know, oh, I'm not allowed to feel like this now. I, I, I'm not allowed to make change unless I'm able to. I mean, the whole point of any sort of demonstration is to say, look, we don't have the power to change something because that power has been taken away. The idea that everybody has the ability to enact everything because everybody's on the same level, you know, in terms of social, political and economic powers is ridiculous. I mean... Let's take the government example. I mean, what do you do? Work your way up the tree for 20 years, become leader of the party, only to have your, quote-unquote, radical views from 20 years ago, now usurped usurped by new ones. I mean, what are we actually talking about? What are we actually wanting people to do, apart from shut up? But I don't really want to talk about the haters. I don't really want to talk about the people who are telling us no. I want to talk to you who does want to do something and really wants to do something. But the question is, how do I get involved? What can I do? And don't get me wrong, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sliding in and out here about archaeology, but even in archaeology, it's a not a one-track subject. You don't have to be digging to be part of it, you know? There are many opportunities out there. And I know there's a number of organizations who'd be more than happily to take on volunteers. Um, there was a, I mean, obviously how those volunteers are treated um, and how the industry treats people who volunteer is something that I feel quite strongly about. I think they are marginally, I think there's a lot of people who are, um, are um, underappreciated. But I think there is a desire to have people get involved and have them access um, materials that they wouldn't usually get access to. So what I mean is get involved with your local heritage organizations. Get involved in the organizations. Look for them. Find them. See what they're doing. See if you can help out. Say, look, I'm interested in this. Can I do this? I mean, this is the thing is you don't always have to do everything yourself. You know, sometimes there are opportunities out there to do other things. And maybe you do want to dig up. I mean, I know, um, who is it? In in the UK, Dig Ventures often have a dig during the summer. And they do take on people. There are other, you know, community digs that might be happening in your area. And the whole point is that a lot of these times, these opportunities won't find you. They won't roll on your door. But if you put yourself out there, and you ask a lot of good questions, and you do your research, you'll get a better chance of getting something. And the more you put in, the more you get out. I'm being having, I'm having to learn that as well right now. As we speak, the more you put in, the more you get out. 
And I think that's so important. There's nobody who knows everything. There's nobody who's at the top of the ladder. Everybody is learning. And as a, as a point to that, I, I'm going to have a little segment next bit. Um, so there's a there's a, uh, a woman called Chloe Duckworth who goes by the name Archeo Duck on YouTube. She's just started doing YouTube videos. And I asked her just to talk about what it's like to start getting involved in something. Hello, my name is Chloe Duckworth. I'm the person behind a new YouTube video blog called Archaeoduck. The aim of the vlog is to present some of the key principles of archaeology in a fun and engaging way. I started it because I felt that there was a real gap between the way that archaeology is taught and the way it's usually presented to the general public. And I wanted to add my voice to the small number of voices doing things a bit differently. I was lucky in my case because I had a bit of help. So I won a place on a media training day and I got some really good tips and encouragement from that. I have to say, good as the tips were, I also got a lot of information from Google and from watching YouTube videos, YouTube videos about how to make YouTube videos. So what I really needed, I think, was the encouragement. And I guess a lot of people might feel the same. Who am I to do this? Why would I want to put myself out there and expose myself to criticism like this? And what if nobody watches it? So. I'd like to share what I've learned about those questions in the past couple of months since I started blogging and hope that in doing so I might give you the encouragement that you need. Why would I want to put myself out there and expose myself to criticism like this? Take your time. I did about six test runs of my first blog before I was happy enough to put it out there. The practice and forcing myself to watch, um, to watch myself on camera, which is awful at first, really helped. But I also had to accept that it was never going to be 100% perfect. Unless you're unlucky, criticism is pretty manageable. Recently, I found some criticism of my first vlog online on a group for metal detectorists. And I chose to take from this that the vlog was doing its job by making people discuss things, even if, or maybe especially if, they disagreed with me. What if nobody watches it? I think this is always a risk, of course. For YouTube, the most important thing for lots of views and engagement is that you keep getting videos out there regularly. That means keep making them, even if you only have a few views. There's no point in waiting for the first one to go viral. But trying other channels of communication helps too. So Archaeoduck's Facebook and Twitter pages have quite different audiences. Facebook has some younger subscribers and I tend to use that to advertise a new video or to put links to somebody else's content, which I like and I think is useful. I have a lot of fun on Twitter, communicating with other archaeologists. I engage with loads of people on there who are doing stuff I wouldn't otherwise have known about. If you find the right community, you have a ready-made group of people who will take an interest in what you're doing, so just make sure that you take the time to reciprocate. Have fun with it, be honest, and don't worry about the tweets that get ignored. You can always delete them later. I don't know if you listening to this have similar questions.
perhaps you are not looking to start a vlog but to do something totally different. So I guess the best general advice type thing I've learned in the past few months that I've been doing this is give it time and stay committed. If you see it as a learning process, then you won't mind making mistakes. Learn from them. Don't take yourself too Thank seriously. Thank you very much. And, and I think I, I, I just want to capitalise on how well said that was by Chloe, because I think there's a lot of um, important bits and pieces um, to actually figure out before you actually do something. You can try things a hundred times and then get it right. But don't keep trying without going forward. <laughs> Um, I must say, and I've said this on shows that I've been on before, that this podcast itself, The Anarchaeologist, wasn't always called The Anarchaeologist. It went through a number of different names, and it wasn't even going to be a podcast at first. It was going to be a YouTube channel, and it was going to be done with all the people I knew from university, and we were going to have to apply for funding, and we are going to get all this stuff together. And, you know, I, I made it such a big project when I first thought of it that it just became impossible to start. I had no experience in any sort of filming industry. I had no way to ask for money or to find funding or anything like that. And it just kind of sat there. And then I remember kind of thinking, you know what? I can do a podcast. I can do it. I, I Yeah, I know how to do podcasts because that's what I grew up with. I, I made podcasts. Um, so for me, your first idea doesn't always have to be the idea that you run with. Sometimes it takes a little while to build the pieces together. And I think that's the most important thing from anything I've ever learned from doing this kind of online media stuff is that it takes time and it takes patience. And if you want to do something, you can ask. There's no shame in asking. There's no shame in Googling. I think we have to, as much as we can, try and improve ourselves every single day we try and do things that try just new things you know and i want to turn this episode into a little bit of a um, signpost for an opportunity we have here on the archaeology podcast network now i, I you may be a listener who's got to listening to us because of the 365 days of archaeology if so welcome we are currently working on the 365 Days of Archaeology as a daily podcast for the year 2017. And it is, wow, it's been great. We love it. And it's a lot of stuff to work through. But in saying that, we are opening up submissions from anybody. Um, if you go to the website, arcpodnet.com, it's now thankfully a little shorter, um, forward slash arc 365 hyphen creators i'll leave a link in the show notes as well if you go to that you'll find all the details where you yourself can find out um how to make and submit a submission for the 365 days of archaeology what we're looking for is any sort of topic that relates to heritage the past and archaeology from as little as two minutes to as long as 15 minutes but probably not more we want people to talk about something they've researched, something they're interested in, something they've thought about. Anything to do with the past in any way is acceptable. There's no limits on this. Well, I say that now. 
<laughs> but what I mean is that what we're trying to do is engage people beyond just the people we know and just the people who are comfortable with recording for us. Obviously, um, media archaeology people like Dr. Dothworth um, can spin together a wonderful section in just a couple of minutes. And maybe it's going to take you a couple more minutes. But what we're looking for is just a little bit of audio explaining a topic in archaeology or heritage and send it along to us. If you need more information, myself at anarchaeologist at archaeowebby or at archpodnet on Twitter are always available to have a wee chat with. Or you can email us, uh, Tristan at Archaeology Podcast Network or Chris at Archaeology Podcast Network for more details. And we're also putting together guides and advice on how to record properly. If you've never, if you've never done anything like this before, if you've ever felt the, the tingle, the urge to kind of get involved, then please, please do get involved. There's, there's no barrier here. There's no line because ultimately we are looking for people who are interested in the past to talk about that interest. That's what we love to hear. So if you've ever thought about it or you're not really too sure and you just do it, want to do it one off time, please think about submitting to the 365 Days of Archaeology and help the Archaeology Podcast Network make 2017 the best year it can be. I finally want to wrap up and say, you know, the equipment I use now to record all my stuff, I've had for years. You know, I've changed a few things here and there, but in reality, I've only just added a little bit of improvements here and there. And I feel that's the same thing about me. At the end of the day, you get into a stride with these kind of things, presenting, creating, talking, you know, when you can talk in a certain way and you can do certain things and you can think a certain way, it basically means that you you build that up and then you don't ever replace it. Instead, what happens is you just swap out a few things and you get better and better. And that's what's the most important thing is that everybody can do this. Everyone has the ability to. And for a lot of people, all it is, is that one little bit of push so that they can become that little tiny bit better today than they were yesterday. All these things we make no apology for the study of archaeology But we don't do dinosaurs Did aliens build Stonehenge? Did the Easter Island statues walk? Did the Vikings colonize Midwest America? What does mainstream archaeology have to say about all of this? Listen to the Archaeological Fantasies podcast and learn about popular archaeological mysteries, hoax or fact. Learn to tell the difference with Dr. Kenneth Fader and co-host Sarah of the Archie Fantasies blog. Check out the show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash Archie Fantasies and get ready to think critically. Show. Funny beady blokes you will see are a staple of archaeology. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www. 
www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.